The audience is a little bit different this morning. Normally I have about 900 preps to year sixes and um, they, do, they do memory verses every week <clears throat> and it absolutely amazes me their ability to retain that. It's so cool. Uh, thanks, Pete, for the introduction. Although I have to be honest, I don't get called Alan Craigenbrink very much. Not very much at all. Uh, I'm looking around at some very friendly and familiar faces, but if you don't know me, yes, newsletter has me as Alan Craigenbrink. My mum doesn't call me that. She just calls me son. My brothers, or my sisters, three sisters don't call me that. They call me brother. My wife doesn't call me Alan. If she needs me, she says, husband, husband, could you come here? My three adult kids, they call me dad. My seven grandchildren, they call me dad-dad. I try to get them to learn granddad, but they just go dad-dad. Um, the 1,800 or more students that will be here tomorrow, they don't call me that. They call me Mr. K. And there are, there are many students, past students here. I see you there that I taught many years ago. I'm Mr. K uh, to thousands of students. So... Um, it is an incredible honour and privilege to share with you Psalm 23. So said, well, so well said by Ethan. We're in our series, a summer series of Psalms. Psalm 23, the most well-known Psalm of all. You will know it well. I will, I will do my best to draw out some gems there, but I can't cover it all in one message. That would take a whole series on Psalms. But I'm going to mainly focus on the first, middle and last and make reference to that in between. My, my heart is that God would impress on our hearts his truths that he wants to share this morning. Could I just pause for a second and pray? Father, we have honoured you with our lips in our singing. Lord, we have exalted you. Lord, we have focused on you with our kids. Lord, you are Lord. And so, Father, I just want to decrease. I want you to increase now. Lord, I want to pray that you, through your spirit, will take your God-breathed words and speak into our hearts this morning, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 23, it gets personal. It is a very personal psalm. Have a look at the screen and you'll see it in its entirety. And if we just circled some words there. You will not see the word us, they, them, we, anywhere in this psalm. It's I, you, and me. See that? It is a very, very personal psalm. And I have no doubt looking around here, this psalm will be personal for you. Maybe it was shared at a funeral of a loved one. Maybe it was something that was close to you through a time of struggle. Maybe it was something that reminds you of God's goodness. Uh, for me, this is a personal psalm. Um, last year, I went through a few health issues. I was meant to be leading a team to Nepal. And three weeks before that, I was rushed off to emergency. And, um, and I remember going there and, and undergoing all these tests and UVs and all, IVs and things like that. And I remember it was at a time where I had re reminded myself, I had re-memorized this verse. I'm sitting in a hospital and I've got a lot of time to myself and I'm reciting this psalm over and over. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I'm reading this. And as many of you know, uh, um, there's a time when you're in hospital and they're trying to work out what's wrong with you and then it comes to the point where the, the surgeon says, oh, we're going to do one more test and then that should decide what we need to do. 
and he presents the options for me. I won't go into the details, but the options weren't good. The, the options had C's in them, and the options weren't good, and, and I was supposed to be leading a trip to Nepal three weeks later. I remember ringing Paul and saying, I might have to come up with a plan B. Um, and I just remember having the tests and waiting for the tests, and all I could do was pray the 23rd Psalm. All I could do is pray, Lord, even though I go through this valley, Lord, you are with me. I will not fear any evil. And there was a peace and a contentment that came with that. It was personal. This, this psalm could be personal for you. Let's read it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Can you relate to that? I can. Can you relate to that? The Lord is my shepherd. Now, boys and girls, you are here. Helen did a good job. I need you to help me out, okay? Can you take left hand? Can you do that one? Left hand there. Mums and dads, grandparents, you can do that as well. And take your right hand and help us memorise this. What I want us to do is point to our thumb. The Lord is my shepherd. The definite article. Not a Lord. The. Point, boys and girls, mums and dads. The Lord pointing up. The Lord. We've, we sung about him. We mentioned him. The Lord of lords, the King of kings, the creator of the universe. No one greater than him. No, all powerful, all present, all loving, all kind, knows everything. The Lord, point, boys and girls, mums and dads, is. The Lord is. Present tense. Not past tense, not was, not future tense. He may have been, but we're talking about this point in time this morning. The Lord is my. Mums and dads, boys and girls, I have a ring on this finger. This is my wedding ring. My wife Sue gave me this on our wedding day. And it's a symbol of our love and commitment to each other. I want you to hang on to that. The Lord is my, my personal this is personal this morning. For me, I've had this ring on my finger for over 40 years. It's still a symbol of my love and commitment to my wife Sue. My and shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. It is personal this morning. Is the Lord your shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. I loved... The children's story. I love talking about sheep and shepherds. The thing about this is I'm not a shepherd. I'm a suburban boy. All right. I don't see too many sheep. I don't see too many shepherds. But I will tell you, a book that has blessed me in the last five months is a book called A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23 by William Keller. It is a classic. It is quoted all the time. So I thought I'd read it. And the thing I love about this is he is a shepherd. He's had a life of shepherding sheep and he gives a really practical insights into what it's like to be a shepherd. And there are many things, but some of the things a good shepherd is, he's caring, he's patient, he's always watching over his sheep. He is self-sacrificing. Think about a shepherd, he owns the sheep. He knows the sheep, he bonds with the sheep and he leads and protects the sheep. Then we've got the sheep. If there's a shepherd, there's sheep. Well, guess what? We're the sheep in the story. We know the shepherd is, it's the Lord Jesus. We are the sheep. Keller talks about sheep as well. Yes, they're very valued, but let's, well, let's have a look at sheep. 
They're fearful. They're foolish. They're stubborn. They're totally defenseless. She doesn't have anything. They haven't got claws, they've got teeth, they don't they can't run fast, they taste good. <laughs> they're, they're in a bad way, sheep. They are totally defenseless. All right? Um, they're easily distracted, they're prone to parasites, they get flies, they need they need health, they need to be maintained. They they're poor problem solvers. They they just don't solve problems. If they're upside down, they're gone. I don't know how to get back on top. If they're down a ravine, they need a hook to get them out. Um, they're easily led astray by other sheep. Basically, the only chance a sheep, a domestic sheep, has of survival is to be completely dependent on the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. This is personal. John, John chapter 10, verse 3 and 4 gives a really nice little window into what it must be like to be a sheep when there's a good shepherd that they, have, they can rely on. The sheep hear my voice, or his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. What an amazing picture of what it must be like where a shepherd just spends time with his sheep and the sheep spend so much time in the presence of the shepherd that they just can pick his voice amongst all the voices. They know his voice, they hear his voice. The Lord is my shepherd, he's personal, but he also provides. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We live in, an, in a culture that encourages the wanting of things. I want, I shop, I look, I buy, and then I want some more stuff. We are continually wanting. That passage is not saying just about I shall not want things. There's something about a contentment there. The challenge we have in our culture, in this wanting culture, is instead of my picture of instead of this kind of blissfully grazing sheep, listening to the voice of the shepherd. Maybe it's something like this cartoon. I wonder why I don't hear from the shepherd anymore. Could it possibly be the headphones, the, the things, the distractions, the, uh, the things that we've accumulated um, in, our, in our life? But this verse says that God, the shepherd, provides. Psalm 23 verse 1 is a contrast because it teaches us there is a deep and lasting contentment available to those who have a personal relationship with the shepherd and are completely dependent on him. Your verse or translation might be something different. Um, the, the original Greek has an idea of, I shall lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I shall lack nothing. Or some will say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack no good thing. Or I love... Charles Spurgeon, in his Daily Treasures in the Psalms, he says, When the Lord is my shepherd, I shall have everything that I need, but not necessarily everything I wish for. The Lord is, the Lord is my shepherd. It's personal. He provides, he provides everything that we need. Can I ask you a question this morning? What are you lacking what do you need this morning? What do you need this morning? 
If the Lord is your shepherd, he will provide everything that you need. Maybe not everything that you wish for. If we are completely dependent on the shepherd, exegetically this passage is, the first verse is the who's involved and what's the, what's the truth. The next five verse, verses is, well, how does that happen? If, if the Lord is my shepherd and I, he'll provide everything I've got, well, how does he do it? Well, or what does he provide? How about this? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He provides rest and restoration. He provides courage and comfort, guidance and goodness, and hope of a home in heaven. Isn't that all we need? When all is said and done, when we get to the end of our life, it won't be about what have I got. The question would be less about what have I got or before I go, is there anything that I lack? Do I lack rest? Do I lack a restored soul? Do I, do I lack goodness and mercy? Do I lack a home in heaven? When we have the Lord as our shepherd, he provides all those things. Verse 3, 3b and 4. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Do you know, friends, the Lord is my shepherd. He is present with me in green pastures, still waters, and the valley of the shadow of death. I don't know whether it grabs you here, but we've just talked all about the green pastures and the, all the good things, the happy things. But then we jump into the valley of the shadow of death. Somebody mentioned, I think Pete mentioned something about, you know, all like wayward sheep that have gone astray. The thing that I notice here is these sheep aren't going astray. These sheep haven't wandered off and found themselves in a, in a ravine. That may happen sometimes, but not in this situation. They've actually been led by the Good Shepherd. They've been led in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, for his purposes. They are doing and following side by side with the shepherd. And still they find themselves through a valley of the shadow of death. Kind of ask the question, why would a good shepherd who would lay down his life for his sheep, why would he lead a lamb into a valley filled with danger and death threats? And the only possible answer I can get for that is he's got a better place in mind. Keller in his book includes this observation. The shepherd knows from experience that predators like coyotes, bears, wolves and cougars can take, over in, can take cover in the broken cliffs and from their vantage point can prey on his flock. The shepherd knows that these valleys can be subject to sudden storms and flash floods and send walls of water rampaging down the slopes. There could be rock slides, mud or a dozen other natural disasters that would destroy or injure his sheep. But, listen to this, despite such hazards... The shepherd always knows that it is still the best way to take his flock to the high country. He spares himself no pain or trouble or time to keep an eye out for the danger that might develop. 
The shepherd has gone before the sheep many times. He knows to get to the high country, he's got to take his sheep through the valley. There's no other way. But he's planned and he's prepared and he's walking beside them and he takes them through. This this psalm is personal. 2023 is gone. 2024 for students, it starts tomorrow. I don't know what valley you are going through at the moment. I don't know what that is. For me, there was a moment sitting in a hospital bed and the valley was very obvious. There's a test and results to come by. You know? But even in a valley like that, we can find peace and comfort and courage and contentment knowing that we are here because we are being led by the righteous plans of God and he is there with us. That's, that's what you know that. That's what helps me and that's what helps you when you're through that time to go, God, you are present with me. That's what gives us the confidence. That's what gives us the courage to get through. And the hope that there is always a light on the other side. Do you know what? There can never be a shadow without light on the other side. It's the light that causes the shadow. If we're in the valley of the shadow of death, there's always a light beyond that. I am um, in a previous life before life here at school. I actually did go to Bible college and I spent three years learning Greek and I spent a year learning Hebrew, just enough to know that I knew so little. But I do love going back to those days. I love, I love understanding words. I love understanding how it was originally written and what the significant meanings and a scholar much in Hebrew much wiser and smarter than I, he came up with this, this interesting and I think fascinating fact. Did you know that in the Hebrew language, Psalm 23 is made up of 55 words. There are 26 words and then three Hebrew words that we translate into English as for you are with me. There are 26 words, then the words, for you are with me, and then 26 words. Right in the numerical centre of the Psalm 23 in the original Hebrew language, the very centre is, is the truth, for you are with me. Up until this point, it's all been about you... David, David has been talking about God. But at this point, it changes. It gets personal. He starts talking to God. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. We, whatever we're surrounded by, that is the crux of this psalm. That is the crux of our Christian faith. That whatever we go through, you are with me. That's what provides the peace and the comfort and the hope. Verse four, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord is my shepherd. It's personal. Lord is... My shepherd, he provides. The Lord is my shepherd. He is present with me through everything I'm going through. 
and the Lord is my shepherd. He pursues me. Hebrew word for follow. You shall follow me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Hebrew word is radaf. And it doesn't mean like a little poppy dog follows us. It's not that type of follow. Radaf means to pursue, to chase, to run after. Do you know what? When the Lord is my shepherd, he, his goodness and mercy pursues me, chases after me, runs after you and me all the days of our life. There is a priority there. There is a persistence there. A bit like we know there's a lost sheep. Matthew chapter 18, verse 12 and 13. If a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, Does he not leave the 91 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. The writer David understood that we are not merely followed, but God's divine love, his grace and his goodness redoffs us pursues us just like a shepherd pursues a lost sheep we are pursued by mercy this morning we are chased by grace until we finally arrive at heaven's gate and into the arms of our heavenly father where we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever the Lord is my shepherd John 10 11 Jesus said I am the good shepherd The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. All that we're talking about, this is what blows my mind, all that we're talking about is all because the Son of God, the Lamb of God, stepped out of heaven into our broken world and became the sacrifice so that our sins could be forgiven, that our relationship with God could be restored, that the penalty of sin could be paid. The fear of death could be overcome. All that's done because of the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. I want to finish with an illustration. We know this psalm. We know it well. There was a, many years ago, there was a, a, a very wealthy man and he had a party and he had all these famous people. He actually was in a castle. And he invited this famous English actor. Those of you who know Richard Burton would know who that famous actor is. And he had this party and Richard Burton was spending the night uh, between the meals. He was just doing Shakespeare in his eloquent way that he did. And every time he would, he would uh, present something, they, the people would just pr- applaud him. They would praise him and applaud him. And... Uh, Great, great entertainment. Um, as he got to the end, he actually asked, is there anyone here that would have a, um, a, a recommendation? Who would something you like to do? And amongst all these famous people, the host had actually invited a couple of lifelong family friends. And they invited, he invited this old priest, old clergyman. And at the end, the clergyman, he, he said to the famous actor, he said, sir, um, would you know or could you recite the... 23rd Psalm and the, um, the actor thought it was a little bit strange but he, he thought about it he said uh, yeah I, I know it I, I, can, uh, I can and I will but upon one condition 
And that is that after I've recited the 23rd Psalm, you have to as well. Of which the old clergyman said, oh, darn. I wanted to, I want to hear him, but I'm, I'm not as eloquent as you are. I'm not, I'm not trained in, in public speaking and delivery of speech and winning over the crowd, but he wanted to hear famous actors, so he said, okay, I'll do it. So um, very impressively, the, the great actor began the psalm and his voice and his intonation was perfect and the audience was spellbound. And uh, when he'd finished... The place just erupted with applause. It was so brilliantly done. And they just applauded and applauded. And then the actor said, okay, sir, would you come up now? And he nervously stood up. And he was, he was confident but just not, didn't feel competent. And, uh, but he, he did. He, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he recited the whole 23rd Psalm. When, they, when he finished... Nobody applauded. It wasn't, not a, not a word, not a clap. But there were tears running down people's eyes. And there was people with just bowed heads. The, um, the actor, he, uh, he rose to his feet and he stopped and his voice shook and he laid his hand on the shoulder of the old man, the priest, and he said, you know what, when I spoke, I reached your eyes and your ears. My friend, he reached your hearts. The difference is just that I know the 23rd Psalm, but he knows the shepherd. I know the 23rd Psalm, but he knows the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you know the shepherd this morning? If you don't, I would my prayer and encouragement that you would start an honest search for that, an honest question to say, what is this guy talking about? How can it be personal for me? Can God provide me with the things that I need? Not the things I want, but the things that I need. Can, is there a shepherd that can be present with me through every situation in life? For me, in a hospital bed, I was three weeks out of space to lead a mission trip to Nepal and it didn't seem possible. But you know what? The Lord provided. He provided. The option was the best option of all the options, so much so that I had my gallbladder out and in less than three weeks, I was recovered and I was at Nepal off doing it. And I remember, remember being in Nepal and saying, oh, how good is God? How good is God that he took it and I'm here? May not work out for everyone that's different, but for me, God was just good. The Lord is my shepherd. You may know the psalm, but do you know the shepherd? And could I just be so bold as to ask you one more question? The Lord is your shepherd, my shepherd. If you know the shepherd, could you do this? The shepherd is my Lord. There's a very important difference. I would love us to close in prayer. And I would love the prayer to be the 23rd Psalm. So I'm going to invite you, if you're able to stand, would you stand with me?
and we are going to recite the 23rd Psalm together. If you know it, in whatever translation you know, just say this as a prayer to the Lord now. If you don't know it, we'll have it up on the screen. But let's make this our response to what we've heard and what God has been doing in our, in our thoughts and our minds today. Can we stand? Pray with me, if you will. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you.